This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thinking of buying a house and want a really low interest rate? Owning has a special for home purchases, where owning pays all your closing costs and the rate in APR is an unheard of 1.875% for a 15-year fixed mortgage with 20% down. This is the craziest low rate for a mortgage with no closing costs that owning has ever done. 1.875% rate in APR. Heck, we're almost paying you to live in a new house. Call 8332-OWNING or go to owning.com to see if you qualify for this crazy low 1.875% rate. That's a fixed rate loan at 1.875% with no closing costs. Call 8332-OWNING now because 1.875 could go away at any time. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, subject to credit approval. Offer assumes the use of lender's choice as crew and title services. Call 8338580066 for terms and conditions. That's 8332-OWNING or owning.com. 8332-OWNING or owning.com. Hi, I'm John Meacham, the host of Cadence 13's new podcast, Fate of Fact, on how America and its political parties got to where we are today. Available now on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. You heard the voice. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side of the microphone. And we have officially hit the month of March. This is when college basketball gets serious. And guys, I know it's not the same. There's no fans in the stands. And some people don't think it's real, though. I think right now, pretty much everybody in the state of Michigan, it has their attention one way or another. It has their attention. And after watching Tuesday night's games, you know, it's almost a tale of two cities. Evan, which which city would you like to start with first? Metropolis. No, I want to start with Ann Arbor. I think we should start there. Okay, let's start with Ann Arbor. Last night was a game that I saw coming. And let me tell you this. It's a good thing. It's a good thing if you're a Michigan fan. You needed that type of game. I... I had a feeling it was going to be one of the last three. I thought it was going to be probably one of the state games where you just mentally you're not there. But you had that. Every team needs that. You don't want to go into the tournament too hot, riding too hot. And things were too easy for them. And now Juwan can walk into that room and say, guys, your crap stinks. You're not as good as you think you are. On any given night, anybody can come out there and beat you. Io DeSumo didn't play. And we still got hammered. So what's your excuse? I mean, your top guys didn't come through. Nothing happened. They couldn't do anything right. Is it a game that's going to overall kill them? No. Uh, it, it made them look mortal because they were just looking like a bunch of superheroes out there. They, they were looking like the Avengers. They were looking like, <laughs> I can't be stopped. I mean, they were destroying opponents. And then all of a sudden you saw – you know, four for 24 between uh, uh, Little Wagner, Livers, Dickinson. That's, you're not going to win many games like that. They all had a bad night. 
It was the worst case scenario. Now, if you're Michigan, you could probably forget about that number one overall seed because that's not going to happen. And I know you're going to say, well, it's not fair because Gonzaga plays in a weak conference. Uh, you know what? That's the breaks. I don't know what else to say. Leave the Big Ten. It it happens. I mean, and I'm speaking from experience. I've seen many a year that Michigan State deserved a one seed. Heck, Izzo talked about it last night after his game. He's like, yeah, it was the year we got beat by Middle Tennessee. We should have been a one seed, but they didn't give it to us. It happens because you're playing a tough conference, and when you're playing a tough conference with a lot of highly ranked teams, sometimes you lose games. Now, lose a game by was like 20. 23, I believe. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Not not like that, and especially going from the West Virginia-Baylor game to that game, right. you saw the different brands of basketball. The Big 12 is different than the Big 10, and that's yeah. for sure. Well, and the other thing about that is Baylor looked as if they've started to shake off that COVID rust. They looked... That was that had all the writing in the world for Baylor to lose that game. They, I thought they were running out of gas. They actually didn't. They they hit big time shots at the end. I mean, the end of the game was. I think the announcer said whoever misses first mm-hmm. is going to lose. I mean, it was okay. You hit a three, I hit a three. You make a crazy shot, I'll make a crazy shot. You, let's just do this. It's high scoring basketball. It's up and down. But I've always said that a humbling is good before the tournament because you want. You don't want to have that feeling again, right? right. You want to feel what it's like to lose. Right. That, I was I was really hoping that that feeling would come Thursday or Sunday. I'd be honest. Well, I, I can completely agree with that, too. But even, I mean, everything about that game was out of character for Michigan. That's the first time I've seen Dickinson play like a freshman. What I mean by that, he allowed Illinois to dictate what he was going to do. Hunter Dickinson hasn't taken jumpers really all year, and I watched him take two or three you during that why? game. Because... <laughs> Kofi Coburn. I'm going to call you Coburn. After your play last night, you've graduated. Mm-hmm. You're Kofi Coburn. And he bullied and intimidated. Yes. And that's what you saw. Normally, Hunter is the one bullying. He bullied Garza. He bullied uh, Trace Jackson. He bullied everybody. He didn't bully Kofi. Kofi was like, really? You coming after me, mm-hmm. son? I think you need to go step over there, and it, that's what you saw. It was a lot like the Michigan Iowa game because they got they did what Michigan I feel does to opponents. They play so well and they frustrate you. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, they're still doing what they did at the start, and it all unravels for the other team. That first ten minutes of that game yesterday was some of the ugliest basketball I've seen. From just not being able to get settled in, it was like ten to ten in the. You see the Michigan State Indiana game. Well, <laughs> that's that's very true. It was just it was out of sorts for both teams. Yes. but then Illinois clicked and Michigan just stayed and they got frustrated. And if you can get Michigan to not play through the post, it's, yeah. it might happen. And Austin Davis played better than Hunter did. Yeah. And then it was just funny you watch uh, Andre Cobella coming off the bench, and he looks just like – he looks like guy from video game. Yeah. He looks like if, if you created one of those street ball games he, with the hair and everything, he looks like a created character. Oh, like Bobito yelling in the background. Right. I mean, seriously. <laughs> or, I mean, he like he should be in a 70s movie or something. And watching him, he came off the bench. He added, if you're Illinois – I think actually Illinois and uh, and Underwood may be maybe smart about this. They've they've stolen two games that they shouldn't have with no Io DeSumo. Evan, I really believe that I, I don't think that the Big Ten is going to win the national championship this year. Any team in there, and the reason being is because they had to get all of these games in at the last second. They're gassed, and you're seeing teams doing this. And I think that there is no rush. Io DeSumo. Honestly, if if you're betting, I'd bet Illinois to win the Big Ten championship because he, while everybody else is playing, he's going to have about two weeks of rest. You mean tournament? Yeah, Big Ten tournament. Okay. Yeah, Big Ten tournament. What did I say? You said Big Ten title yeah, or Big championship, yeah, and so yeah. they still can. Yeah. They need to win out, and Michigan has to lose out. Right. but No, no, I, sure. I, no, no I think that yeah. the actual tournament, Big yes. Ten tournament that they're going to be playing uh, next week. Yep. I think they could run because they're not. I don't think they're going to play them. If you didn't have to play them against Wisconsin, you didn't have to play them against Michigan. I'm done. You're not playing another game until we play in a tournament type setting. He will have fresh legs. You saw 
the wear and tear on Michigan finally catch up to them. And they, they had a bad game. Now, here's the, here's the good news, bad news for Michigan. You got 48 hours before you have to play again. Oh, and by the way, you're going to play somebody who doesn't like you and a coach who doesn't like you. You're going to find out the character of this team. Can they shake this off or if are your legs just dead? Like watching this team, I think it was very humbling, but I think that they needed that humbling to get them hungry. The only problem was like if there was only one game left and it was Sunday, I would feel good about them. Like they'll be fine, but they got to turn around immediately. You know, Isaiah Livers got injured in the game. Don't know what exactly happened to him, but he had said that, hey, you know, he looked to be visibly limping and it was like, you know, I was playing off of adrenaline. And now you got to wait to see what happens the next day. And when you wake up, it's a whole different story. Right. So is he going to be ready? Is he is it going to, you know, it's going to happen for him. For Michigan, you know, they, they just looked, they looked mere mortals. And you saw they – Illinois gave a lot of people a recipe on how to beat them, and I still think that they're one of the best teams in the nation. I agree with that, but I, I think we could put a, you know away the talk that they could beat the Lakers, that they could beat the Nets. Like you know, they it, can be beat, folks. With college hoops, it's so hard, and we've talked about it before because the regular season is essentially. Useless, right? right? You just use it to get to that tournament, right? And that's all that matters. So, a Big Ten title, it's very, very nice, but it's different than football. You don't yeah. go brag about that. No, I mean you hang a banner. Sure, but here, here's, but it's a tiny banner. It's and not you know a big what? one. And I bet you anybody listening to me now probably understands what I said before. If you're Juwan Howard and you beat Michigan State Thursday, I'm not playing my starters on Sunday. And I think now people understand where I was coming from and not just thinking, oh, well, he's just trying to make it easy for his Spartans. No. If I'm Jawan Howard, I'm looking big picture. If I've already locked up number one seed in the Big Ten tournament, I've locked up the I'm, – I'm in first place all by myself in the Big Ten. I got the, you know, a Big Ten regular season championship, all me. Sunday's game means nothing. And if that is the case, give your main guys – a break. At the most, they play 10 minutes, but really, nothing. I'm going to see what my bench can do. Well, and, I, and that's good for the bench, too, because you is. need to see what you have because they don't go very deep, right? Right. And so if somebody gets in foul trouble, you're going to need depth. So it's time to see what Terrence Williams has. It's time to see what Jeb Jackson has or Zeb Jackson has sitting on the bench. And it's not like, okay, so Michigan, the first game is at Michigan. So they right. have their senior day. So they can get that out of right. the way. Senior day, not you, win the, you win the game. Them. And, and you go on. And I know right now a lot of people are thinking, oh, of course, you guys are two Spartans. Guys, look past that. I'm trying to help Michigan out. And if you're Juwan, you have to be – you saw what happens. Because I think what well, this was their what, third game in six or seven days. It's ridiculous what they've been doing. And now they have another game, so they would have, what, four games in eight days? It ain't going to be fun. Then they had their fifth in ten days. You know so what I mean? that's they, where you don't want to wear guys down. You got to look bigger picture. If you've locked up everything, Sunday's game just kind of becomes that irrelevant game. It becomes – and you've seen it where it's, it's, it's a load management or in the NFL where a team's locked up everything and the quarterback doesn't play. The backup plays most of the game. I mean, it's 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 how Matt Flint got that big fat contract. <laughs> oh, that's a game and a half right there. But it is odd too because I don't I don't know my history that well with this. But have they ever played two consecutive games, Michigan, Michigan State, like that? No. It, it's crazy to think that the Big Ten would go out of all the games that they chose not to reschedule. That that was one that they threw in at the end. Well, it was easy. Sure. It was easy because travel isn't there. There was no travel. Uh, The teams could basically, you could sleep in your own bed. Yep. And then just hop on a bus. 45 minutes, get there. Yeah. If the game. No traffic now. Right. Right. There's no traffic. So, yeah, if the game starts at, you know, four o'clock on Sunday, Michigan could leave at, you know, eight, nine o'clock in the morning, get ready for everything. Shoot around. Yep. Get taped up and and, and go in there and play. So I could understand. I, I think if this was, you know, Michigan, Nebraska, I don't think they would be doing a back-to-back type of thing because of all the travel. But 
Do you think a big loss like that would be better than losing at the buzzer? I've always debated that. Um, yes. In this situation, well, a, because they a bad really- loss. A bad loss is always good because you know what you did wrong. When you lose at the buzzer, you start like, well, if I'd have hit this free throw, if I'd have made this shot. A bad loss, it really exposes. Okay, we got some issues here. It this is bad. We got to fix this, or else we're not going to go anyplace. A close loss gives you false bravado. Ah, if I would have just hit that one layup, right? This, this would have been fine. If I if I would hit that front end of the one on one, we would have won the game. But everything else we did was fine. Last night you saw everything that you did was not fine. You your defense was bad and it stayed bad. I mean, it became a boat race. You never got it back into this game after Illinois separated. So that was the the bad for Michigan. I, I, like I said, I think we can quell the whole we we could beat Gonzaga. Just focus on the games at hand. Exactly. You you had three big ones in front of you, and that was I mean that was a huge game. And in all reality, they Illinois may have jumped Michigan for the seeding. Don't you think? No. If they went out for no. the tournament, NCAA tournament, not the Big Ten, because like you said, <clears throat> the only way it's that a selection happens, committee. Yeah, the only way that happens is if they play again. If Illinois plays Michigan again, and the results are similar, then absolutely. If I'm on that committee, Illinois is now the third number one seed, and Michigan becomes the number four seed. Okay. Baylor has already moved into the number two, the second number one seed. Yeah. And Gonzaga's the number one overall seed. Now, that really means nothing this year well, because, no, because they're, they're all in the same city. Yeah, we're not playing in the Midwest <clears throat> or out West right, or so on the you're, East Coast. You're not fighting for a city or a region where, you know, it's like, okay, if you're the number Four overall seed, you get the one region that nobody wants. Right, you, you're out. You know, was Gonzaga would have the West, uh, Baylor would have the South. So yeah, whoever won, you know, one would have to go out to the East Coast. Right, exactly. And you're going to lose a lot of the fans if you go out there with SF or Michigan. That has a big New York uh, fan base, but that means nothing because everybody's in the same city. It's more of a, a bragging rights type of thing. But yeah, if you're Illinois and, and I, I, I'm looking at what they're doing, and I think the Big Ten did their teams a disservice. They probably should have said, we're not going to try to get 20 games in, guys. For your own health and safety, we're going to reduce this to the old 16-game schedule or an 18-game schedule. But trying to jam-pack so many games. I mean, you saw that when Michigan State took on Maryland. You know, you didn't even have to be a basketball junkie, and I can say, hey, tell me which team was playing on – you know, four games in eight days, and which team had uh, one game in eight days? Right, yeah, and that was very evident in that game. Yeah, you saw Maryland look energy, fresh. Like no other state came out clanking their shots, and they never caught up. Uh, but yeah, if you're Michigan, you you can bounce back from this. Oh yeah, I mean, it's probably a good thing you're playing Michigan State because it allows you to get focused. It allows Juwan to walk into the room and say, "Guys." You know, we we got to we got to be better than this. You see what happens, and this happened in our house. This didn't happen on the road. This happens at Illinois. You shrug it off and say, "Well, it was a road game." Mm-hmm. And this was at the crib. We got embarrassed, twenty three point loss, and they were minus their star player. And it wasn't even as close as that twenty three. Let's right. be honest. There, right? So there was nothing about this game that you should be happy. You should be proud about. You get to refocus against state. Now, we'll get to them in a second. How do you bounce back? How do you get your legs in in the next, you know, few hours? Because it's going to be a very quick turnaround. It's the it's the proverbial, can one game beat you twice? Can you shake this game off and get dialed in and get refocused? Or are you still chasing Illinois ghosts, trying to figure out how to beat Illinois? Man, it was a bad loss. You got to take that, and you can't look back. You got to start fresh. You got to look at it. We got a two-game series against Michigan State because if you're still trying to figure out what happened against Illinois, man, you're going to get beat because you got to be locked and dialed in because MSU is going to try to ugly this game up. Oh, they're going to use every follow they have. They don't have the horses that Michigan has. Now, last night, I mean, Tuesday night, you know, now – we get to to the other game. No, <laughs> they played it. <laughs> what you saw were two teams: Michigan State, Indiana. Dead. Almost at the end of a a brutal circuit, 
where they got to play a bunch of games. Now, Indiana gets a they get a couple of days more because they only have one more game, I believe, against um, Purdue. That's their final game, and then they're done. Michigan State, they're in the middle of probably one of the worst stretches. I, I think this will be the last time Izzo will say that whole any place, anywhere, anytime type of thing because, yeah, Indiana doesn't have to play again until Saturday. Michigan State, with dead legs, have to come back and play Michigan, top team in the nation. Not going to cut you any slack. Not going to feel sorry for you. In their barn. <laughs> right. And Michigan needs that game to get the outright championship that to hang a banner. So you don't think that they want to hang a banner on you? Yeah, no better team to do it. If as a matter of fact, I got a feeling the banner will be there. So as soon as the game is over, oh, we're cutting down nets and oh, we're celebrate. And you rub it in their face. I know too. it's not a crowd, but yeah, if, if it's a bad enough game, they may start cutting the nets down with five minutes to go. And, and don't like, wait. think for a second that Jawan forgot about last year either. Right. Don't think about <laughs> like it was a different team, obviously, but this is going to be very intriguing. But that game against Indiana, oh my goodness. Close game the entire time. So if you look at it from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, that seemed like one hell of a game. Right. Oh, my goodness. Indiana couldn't keep their best player on the floor. He was so mentally fatigued. And right. you could see it on the bench, him just muttering to himself and to his teammates, almost looking like he's pouting in Jackson. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, State never had a bigger lead than, what What did we say, four that game until la- the end of the game? The game last night was a weird game because no one could hit a shot. No one could hit a three. Nobody could take control. Uh, yeah, Trace Jackson couldn't. I mean, I didn't realize he made one basket. That was it. The rest were free throws. Yep, um, he was one of five from the floor. And you got to take more than five shots if you're that kid. I got to give Marcus Bingham credit. Marcus Bingham, his job, whenever uh, Jackson got up, whenever Trace got up to go into the game, Bingham automatically got off the bench. When Jackson sat down, Bingham sat down. And it, it was like in football. Bingham was the DB. You cover this guy no matter where he's at on the field. He flustered him. He did because he couldn't get over Bingham. Bingham was smart. He used his arm. He used his length. And he just did stood not straight. foul. Yep. And Trace was expecting the fouls to be called. And the referees were like, no, we're not calling that because you guys just stink out here. We're not bailing you out because they saw, oh, you guys just flat out stink. That wasn't an aggressive play. You just couldn't get off the ground. You had no lift in your shot. Well. In that first five minutes in the second half, the amount of fouls that were called, I don't know if you, everybody could hear Izzo, there's 15 minutes to go in the game, and both teams were in the bonus. Yep, both teams in the bonus, and they missed some fouls. I, I do think that the oh, refs just said. Mm. Once it got that deep, and they were like, and they looked up and saw 15 minutes remaining, yeah. they're like, okay, we have to slow it we're, down. We're going to be in the quadruple bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's going to foul out. Yep, yeah, you could just, yeah, everybody fouls out. It was, um, I guess on the other side of the coin, you could say Michigan State looks gritty. I mean, I, I didn't realize this, but, man, they're about to do something I don't think has ever been done before. Do you do realize that this last night's game was five games, 10 days? It'll be six games in 12 days when they play Michigan again. And not even the NBA no, does when that. They, right, when they play <laughs> Michigan Thursday night, six games, 12 days. So... If you're Michigan, man, they're they're teetering. It's like a boxing match, man. Their legs are wobbly. They're one punch away from just night night. And if you're Michigan, you got to just deliver that. You got to deliver the blow early. You got to just knock them out and be done. Now you can't let them linger. That is say, for sure. Saying that, if I'm Tom Izzo, if Michigan jumps and pulls this big lead, I'm sitting everybody. You know what, guys? Aaron Henry. Langford, because he talked about how gas Langford, you guys just got the night off. We're not going to win this game. I'm going to go ahead and make the executive decision. We're down by 15 to these guys, and they're about to blow us out. I'm just going to go, and Malik Hall and those you guys are going to get in some games. I'll see you Sunday, guys. Yeah, you guys rest, change, go take a shower, because, yeah, I, I mean, six games, I do believe six games in 12 days, if my math is correct. Is a lot of games. Now, the catch-22 to that, they had to play those six games in 12 days because they wouldn't have made the tournament. But because they may play those six games in 12 days, you knocked off Illinois, Ohio State, 
and Indiana twice. That helped you. Especially because Indiana was that bubble team that you needed to jump in order to get in. Right. But you know what's interesting, too, is like Rutgers. Go look at what their record is right now. It's 13-10, and 10, mm-hmm. which was identical to Michigan State before uh, Tuesday night. And they're a nine seed. Or they were an eight seed before they just got blown out by Nebraska. Right. But it's just weird how that happens. But I do believe that if Michigan State could lose both these games to Michigan – those losses aren't going to hurt their resume because they're top five losses, and they can go into the Big Ten, win a game, and probably face Michigan again after that. Oh, they will. They will. They're pretty much locked in that 8-9 game. So if they win their first game, you will get Michigan three times in eight days, which I don't think happened. I remember a couple of years ago they played two times in eight days. Yeah. They had the regular season finale, and then they had the Big Ten championship game where they played each other again in uh, Chicago. But I don't think you've, I've ever seen three the same opponent three times in the span of a little over a week. That's a lot of game tape. Now, if that were to happen, I do think the state gets one of those games just because it is hard to beat a team three times. In a matter of a week. Right. So there's <laughs> a lot of tape to happen. Because they would play what? They would play Michigan State would probably play Thursday, and then Thursday, they would play Friday, right? Thursday, yeah. It would be Thursday, Sunday, Friday is what they would play. Oh, my goodness. If, they, if that happened. So, now, I do think that um, I ch- it changed a little bit. I, th- I think that I, I got a feeling they're going to split. And it's not because, oh, you went to state. No, it's, it's just because you're going to give Izzo an extra day to game plan and figure out something to happen. Plus, I don't know where the motivation is for Michigan to play that Sunday game. So if that was the case, Michigan State could go into their senior day, and they they could each win their own senior days on their own exactly home court. Um, but if you're MSU, you, you got it's the minutes, man. If you fall behind Thursday, you just got to pull the plug and tap out. There's no need to push your guys in a blowout loss. Well, you know what? Also, that's time for get rocket right. I don't know what I'm happened. I'm glad you brought that up. You know what? I, watching the game last night because I was there. And Rocket, I don't know what happened, but Rocket is afraid of contact. It's Rocket, weird, right? Rocket does not want any parts of any contact. And it's he has the speed of Ayo Desumu. He, he, he can get to the lane. Right. That's He's not more athletic. I mean, you look at what Cassius Winston did. Cassius lived in the lane. He lived in that contorted layup, but he would oh. make you follow him and get Scoop. the hand one. Yep. Rocket, it's like he would get ready to blow past his man and just stop short and shoot a jumper. And it's like, no, 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 keep going. It, I don't know how else. He's, it looks as if he is afraid to be hit. He's afraid of contact. If you, if you don't want to be hit, you're never going to make it to the league. And somebody's got to fix that. Because I think if you could get him to be okay with getting knocked down, this is the Big Ten. I don't know what conference he thought he was playing in. The little pull-up floater shots look great. But, man, meat and potatoes. Uh, Cassius Winston, who wasn't the most athletic person, you know, had the old man's game. But he would all – you knew he's going to go in the middle, get the contact, and get the and one. How many games did we see in that way? I remember the Penn State game when they had to come back last season, and they needed that game. And he goes with under a minute to go and throws it high off the arc. I remember, uh, you know, watching with the Michigan game at the Big Ten Championship game a few years ago. He took it over at the end, driving to the basket, getting the and one where the ball kind of hung on the lip of the rim and finally fell in. Rocket wants no parts of that. Rock, it's almost like there's a force field 10 feet away from the basket, and he's not going to break that field. If he can't do that, because his jump shot is not there this year. His three-point, he's shooting like 20-some percent from the three. But he's faster than everybody else. Like You're you're going to get a reach-in foul simply because you're going to blow past people out of frustration. Yeah, and people are going to reach and try to help out or whatever it might be. And that's – it's just so weird because at the beginning of the year, he did take it a lot, and he wasn't getting those foul calls. And maybe that gets in his yeah, head. I'm not going to get knocked down if they're not going to call it. But that's the wrong way to think about it. Maybe, and you're right. That, that to me, just... If they get him going, they can be a very, very dangerous team. 
But right now you have Joshua Langford and Aaron Henry. They're running your point. Right. They're essentially at the end of the game. They're trying to solo Aaron Henry. So now it's a catch-22 because now he's frustrated. And now he's sitting on the bench overthinking things. So when he gets in, I got to light this plate. No, you don't have to light it up. You don't. He's one of the kids that the game just needs to come to him. He can't force the issue, I feel. If Michigan State makes a – for Michigan State to to upset Michigan, he's got to come out the slump. Evan, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago during this podcast, I said Michigan State needs somebody to pull a Darrell Summers and just all of a sudden take the team on their back. Oh, yeah. That's Aaron Henry. Oh, he's and doing it. Aaron time. Henry is going to go down and, and become a Spartan legend. He's if, also making an NBA career for himself. Rocket Watts still has time. If Rocket Watts can do what Aaron Henry is doing, now you got a three-headed monster. You could do a lot of things in this league because – they just went small and said, we don't even care about the center position. We're just going to do whatever we have to do, and Hauser will be our just de facto center. But you got to get Rocket doing something because right now, man, he, he's relegated himself to being a fast tum-tum Naren where he gets the ball, and you're just like, well, he's not going to do anything with it because he's afraid to go to the basket. Well, and at least like when A.J. Hogard comes in the game, you know what he's he's going to try to get to the hoop. Right. And now, listen, he struggles at the free throw line. He struggles shooting the basketball. But he's not afraid of contact. No. And, and I think he plays well in the, the spots that he's in. He's not going to be in the game at the last four minutes. But you need somebody to spell that. And without Rocket doing it, you have to count on somebody because, you know, Foster's not coming back this year. So Yeah, he had surgery, so he's done. Yeah, you're not getting that spell. So I know everybody's saying, well, you know, look at the common denominator. Foster isn't. No, the whole team is different right, right now. The way that Izzo's doing his rotation is different right now. The 12 minutes that Foster Lawyer played in a basketball game did not ever cost you a basketball game. It did game. not. Yeah, that, that, that was the dumbest thing right there. And that was just myopic fans who everybody needs a scapegoat. Everybody needs a villain. Everybody needs a bad guy. So it was Foster Lawyer because... He wasn't like everybody else, and he's a waste of scholarship. No, dude, first of all, A, all the people complaining, I don't remember your stellar collegiate career. <laughs> Two, well, B, um, yeah, Foster's not going to turn down a scholarship. He's not going to walk. This ain't Rudy where he's going to walk into Izzo's office and throw his jersey down on the table. Yeah, I want to go play in the MAC. Right. No, you he's know? playing in Big Ten basketball. Right. And he's a coach. See, he's a coach on the bench. He's helping these guys out. I've noticed that big time with him on the bench. He's instantly in their ear. And every player respects him. Yeah. And that's the key. But who they, else has been a big contributor is Gabe Brown. Yeah. Offense and defense. Well, here's something else. Gabe Gabe had COVID. Josh Lankford had COVID. And I think that Lankford, I guess, still has some lingering effects, which is why he's just his lungs aren't officially there yet. But you're seeing it takes some time. And yeah, Gabe Brown has kind of been that X factor and and in Tuesday's night game those back-to-back shots. I thought it was two threes, but they yeah, the they toe was it. on the line, and it, it just. But that that those two shots changed the game oh, at he's that a point because it looked like Indiana was just going to slowly boat race them. Yep. To a, and win by like four or five points, and then Gabe flipped the script, got it so that it was a back and forth type of game, and then handed it over to Aaron Henry and say, "Okay, Aaron, you take the rest." And Henry scored the final twelve of last 15 points where he would get to the lane, get that jump stop, and then just, just Right or left. It. It's whatever way you tried I mean, to defend. You saw the hustle play after the missed free throw where he got it and did a spin and, like, put the English on it and bounced it off the backboard. The desperation has kicked in. Uh, Izzo said Langford gave him every, I mean, he got emotional. Like, Izzo, like, was yeah, about to break down and up. cry because he was like, Langford gave me everything last night. He had nothing left. I mean, he was – he was like, Coach, I can't move. I, I got I got nothing. So I don't know if you can go into one of those cryogenic chambers and where you know freeze them. Where you can do whatever and <laughs> know. you know that thirty you're in there for three minutes to try to revive yep. your body. You gotta do something. This is Rocket Watch. Rocket has to in order to beat Michigan, Rocket has to have a game. And if Rocket can't do that, you're not gonna beat Michigan. Well, and Rocket needs to be up on Mike Smith big time. And I think that Illinois They showed you how to defend their pick and roll, and I think they did it 
a phenomenal right. job because there was only one time that that second cutter where they're not always looking for that instant post. They're looking for the guy behind that's right. going for the back cut. Only one time did it happen, and that hit Brandon Johns. But if you can limit that, that's huge. And the other thing that Illinois showed you is don't sit there and worry about defending Michigan. Make Michigan worry about defending you. Yes. T- take the battle to them. And if you, because if you're just sitting there trying to play chess against Michigan, you're going to lose. And I think that's what many teams were trying to do. How can we counter that? And they forgot. Well, what if we just go out and score? Illinois was like, screw it. Make them guard us. Make and them adjust to you. <clears throat> yep. If, if, you know, hypothetically speaking, if you got Aaron Henry, you got Langford, you got Gabe, and you got Rocket, you've now said you got to guard four guys on the court. That's why I think that's what makes Gonzaga so good is because they're all interchangeable. Like They're going to find the mismatch and they're going to exploit it. Baylor, watching Baylor That's showed me the just, same thing. Did you see that they have five or six guys that average yes. in double figures? Baylor can find the mismatch guy and just exploit you. A kid with the mullet is something else, huh? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I, I look at this and then I'm, I'm, I look at this Michigan State team. Rocket has to do something, but... I applaud them because they were done. They were down. Two and weeks ago, we said there was no way they were making the tournament. As, as, you know, as we're talking, they're in. Like Some people have them securely in. Lenardi has them as barely in. You know, I've been looking at different things, but a lot of people have them as either a play-in game or they're, 11, 12, they're an 11 or 12 seed. Well, but right now, they're in, and they've and most of them have said – the next two games can't hurt them. It can only help them. Well, that's what I was going to say. You have everything in front of you. And you got to imagine Tom Izzo woke up this morning and was like, okay, we're here. Let's go. It's go time. All those other games didn't mean anything. It's down to these two. Right. And make something of yourself. If you get one of those wins, you're in the tournament. There's no doubt in my yeah, mind. At that point, yeah, because you lose your first game. You and closed you're done. out the regular season beating three top five teams. Yeah. And that is a total of what? Four for the season then? Because it wasn't Duke top five at the point that they beat them? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. And when they showed their strength of schedule and it was 24 in the nation, I was like, I didn't know it was that high. But they put so much stock into the Big Ten. And we might be surprised when it gets to the tournament and you're like, oh, okay, that style of basketball isn't upper echelon. Like it's not. And it, it, well, it's not, Evan. I can, I, you wouldn't be surprised why the Big Ten has won in 20 years. Well, and it's funny, too. I've been trying to do the stat. I'll get the full stat by the time your show starts on uh, Wednesday. But over the last 10 years, the national title team has not lost at home by 20 points. Yeah. And I... I, I Watching that team, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Livers, but it, they got everybody off last they night. Were which machine, was weird. They were a machine, but man, they were just riding too high. I mean, there's something about, you know, like Baylor, a gutsy win where you can draw upon that. When you're beating teams so easily, you kind of fall into that false sense of security. And, you know, it works for Alabama football because they're just better than everybody else. But a lot of times, man, you beat people too easily, your players start believing they're better than what they are, and somebody can sneak in there and knock them off. And, you know, that's where the character comes in. You know, can you give that fight back? I think this was good for Michigan. Well, and then they got punched in the the face, right? And they never punched back. The, The intensity was not there. I or Illinois wanted that game more. And also, do you think Brad Underwood has ever smiled? That guy looks so pissed off. A little bit, but I, I give him credit, man. He he poked the bear before the game, and then he slapped the bear. He came out before the game talking about, well, we're going to play all our games, and we're not the type of Big Ten team that picks and chooses who we want to play. And everybody knew he was pointing the finger strictly straight at Juwan Howard, like, oh, your guys ain't playing all your games. Everybody else is making up I, I didn't game. see that coming. Oh, he oh. went all in, huh? Oh, yeah. He he went all in. It was very passive-aggressive. He never said Michigan. He never said Juwan Howard. But everybody in the room knew exactly who he was talking about. It was kind of like Izzo's comment last night on the press conference where they asked about the rivalry, and he mentioned everybody but Juwan Howard. He was like, he started talking about John Beeline and what John Beeline is built and 
And he was saying, you know, and he's he's taken over this program and he's done it well. But, you know, I'm good friends with Phil Martelli. And, and he starts talking about Phil Martelli. It's like, maybe it's just me, but did did he just not even mention Jawan's name? Like that was it it wasn't a it it wasn't disrespect. It was weird. Like he just started praising Beeline. Well, those two were too good of friends, in my opinion. I hated that friendship. But Underwood, yeah, Underwood said, hey, you guys didn't want to play all your games. You got to pick and choose. Basically, oh, you're the Big Ten's darling, so they allowed you to do whatever you wanted to do. He poked the bear. They saw it, and then he slapped the bear around and said, hey, bear, this is a lion-eye country. It's so weird, too, because that Illinois team that played Michigan – had a totally different game plan than against Michigan State. Coburn didn't get that many touches down low, and when he did, Michigan didn't just cave in on him. But I also wonder if it was addition by subtraction, meaning because there was no Io DeSumo, you didn't know where the scoring was going to come. Was it going to be Frazier? Was it going to be Curbelo? You so know? you couldn't leave your man. Okay. So but where, if Io is there, it's like it, case in point, if Hunter Dickinson doesn't play in this game, you don't know what they're going to do. Okay, who's going to do what? So they can come out with all new types of plays and new types of oh, sets, yeah. and you relax a little. It's human nature. You're going to relax and say, oh, their best guy ain't even there. We got this. And they didn't come in, dialed in, and focus. And I do believe that some of it was, you know, just, just that whole, the legs, their legs started to give. And you're going to see that. They don't get the, they don't get in a couple extra days. Um, this will be what <clears throat> Michigan. I don't know. Let me pull up the Michigan. Let's see what they they were doing real quick. Doing this on the fly. Uh, it'll be two, one, three. So four games, four games, seven days. That's what Michigan from and Thursday not to easy Thursday games either. <clears throat> from Thursday to Thursday, they played Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan State. So this will be game four in seven days. Okay, so not only do you play two top ten teams, but then you play your fiercest rival. You can say whatever you want about Ohio State. They're not a rival on the basketball court like they are the football field. No. And it's never going to be – it's never going to be there. No. Their main rival in basketball is in East Lansing, and it's a little five foot eight guy in Tom Izzo. Right. So, yeah, for Michigan um, – He might be 5'9". Guys- you think he's 5'9"? He's <laughs> short. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this will be game number four within a week. Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan State. So – they're going through their own little gauntlet right now. How do you handle that? What do you do? What are you going to do? It's going to be interesting to see that game. I'll bet the under. If you, the one guarantee, bet the under because you got you're going to have two very tired teams. You're going to see bad shooting nights and people are like, oh, this game sucks. I'm real. These guys are tired. They, they don't suck. They their legs are tired. Okay. Well, they're eighteen to twenty year olds. Eighteen, you still get tired. I mean, that's a go- because they just don't come out and play. They got to practice. They got to go through film. They got to do a lot of different things. They still do school. The hidden hours you don't see where you just think they just wake up and go play basketball. You have to wait, sleep. train. You, right. you got to do a lot it of stuff. Stop. I mean, Izzo basically said for it, he's like, I'm going to put guys in wheelchairs. I don't want them moving. I don't want them walking. I don't want them expending any energy. It on almost Wednesday. might benefit them that all classes are on Zoom right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you don't have to leave. That you can sit there with ice on your knees and get one of those hyperbaric chambers, like you know, like LeBron Jordan, all over. I mean, I mean, like LeBron James or uh, or Michael Jackson had. You just sleep in that thing. Those cryo chambers. Yeah, there's something else. So, but that <laughs> that's that's uh, that's what's going to happen. But. I also felt good last night because I was a little worried because normally at games that Mel Tucker's in attendance, they don't win. Oh, he was right behind that bench. I didn't know it. I bumped into him at halftime, and I was like, oh, you're here. <laughs> uh, you don't have any place to be, Coach? Cause... There wasn't film you could watch or something. Yeah. He was like, no, nah, I just finished. A, I just had a big Zoom call and had enough time to come run over here and watch the game. And I mean, he's he's excited for this upcoming season. He is uh He's an enthusiastic dude and I, I, I like him. I didn't know much about him before this year. A 
I love okay, so I've watched the Michigan Michigan State game multiple times on the D V R when I think it was Shakur Brown had a tackle, stood over the player, got oh, flagged. Yeah. He chewed that player out to his face. Yep. Like I had never seen D'Antonio do. Because it it basically extended it was they were about to get off the field. They were about to get the ball back. Yep. And you ruined a good play with yeah. a stupid play. You gave him fifteen yards and you extended the drive. And I think you know, it's kind of what Tom Izzo does, too, where he's going to get in your face and he's going to get the best out of you. But it, it is interesting, and and I noticed this last night, and I, I got to pay attention more going forward. Do you notice he doesn't really get in Kithier's ass? Mm, no. Not at all, right? But he'll right. get in Gabe and Aaron. I wonder if he learned that early on. That's not a kid you can mess with like that. Probably. You'd break his spirit. He talked about, you know, yeah, cause, and then I think it's just expectation. I expect Kithier goes in there for four minutes. I expect, only, and, I expect you to do what you do, but you know what? Kithier is one of the hardest working people, so it's rare that Kithier. I noticed he, that Kith, Kithier he's scrappy. It's rare that he just takes a play off. He doesn't do that, so I don't really have to yell at you because you do what I ask you to do. I wish you were better, but you're limited. Sure, but he gives you <laughs> what do you call him? A, a Macomb County Five? Yes, or? he's a Macomb County Five. He would dominate. Well, he was a Macomb County Five. He went to uh, Dakota in, in Clinton Township, and he he. I just noticed that I'm like he never chews into him, but every other player he does, and I just thought that was interesting. It's just an observation. Well, yeah, he talked about the Gabe Brown thing and how when they got into it during the tournament, he was like, "Look, Gabe's grown. He took it like a man, and he's grown from that." And he's like, "I'm proud to see all the stuff that he's doing," and you know, he he praised him. He was like, "Where well, a lot of people were criticizing me," and he was like, "You know what? I'd do it again tomorrow." If he did something like that, but he, he, you know, he took it like a man and and he grew from that. So, man, it, it's take the under. That's all I got to say. Take the under because it is. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game at all. I think it's going to be very, as people would say, very ugly. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking at there. So, but yeah, Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker is very excited about uh, what he's got coming up. And what's going to happen. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. So, uh, Football-related, yeah, you know, we probably could talk about that next week. Cause oh, I, I saw um, Aiden Hutchinson pick- said that this is the, the most energetic coaching staff he's ever seen. Well, that's going to be said because they're young. They don't <laughs> have know, any experience. But it's already started. And I get, don't blame the writer for printing the quote. Yeah. Michigan, you know what? Michigan picked up a new savior. I don't know, Evan. Because it's Michigan, Michigan State twice. I don't know. Maybe we do a second podcast this week. I, I would be a game for Friday. So, Release yeah. one on Friday. Yeah, we may, we may have to do one on Friday, depending on how the game goes. I, I agree. Um, but I do have a question for you, and it's going to make you uncomfortable. Okay. Who is, you have to name one. Your favorite Michigan basketball player? It could be just because you like the game oh, that the kid had. It was Derek Wall. Was it? It was Derek Wall. That senior year, he Derek was Walton. something else. Honestly, Derek Walton should have been a Spartan. Because it, if you could make trades, it would have been the best one-for-one trade. Because Travis Trice played like a Wolverine under John Beeline. Yeah, he did. Derek Walton played like a Spartan under uh, Tom Izzo. Those two should have swapped teams, and I think they would have helped their teams out more because Derek Walton was just tough and gritty and got it done. We would, if Derek Walton had gone to Michigan State, we'd talk about him the way we talk about Cassius. Probably, yeah. That's how we would talk about him. His senior year, he was so. So, no, that's control. not uncomfortable. That, that, no, Derek Walton, man, by hands down. I enjoyed watching him play because he took that team on his back his senior year and literally willed them all the way there. Plane crash, I mean everything. Yeah. Playing in your practice jersey. And even when they lost that game, you know, I was, I was like, you know what? I'm okay because he took that shot. I forgot who they lost to in the Sweet 16, but like, yeah, he's got to shoot the ball because He's deserving of shooting the ball. Absolutely. But. So now that that one, that one was easy. Okay, mine mine was uh, <laughs> Mr. Air Georgia. You know, Mr. Number One, Number One, Brent Petway. Oh my god! Only only because that kid could fly, and I've heard like at practice you would see other kids working on free throws, jump shots. He was in the corner dunking. 
I love it. I forgot about him. Air Georgia. Remember? And then he went to the college dunk contest, and I think he had the Jumpman logo in his hair. Yep, he did. Oh. Yeah, he ended up finishing at Baylor, didn't he? I, I That I don't remember. Yeah, but he transferred out and finished his career at Baylor. That kid could fly. Yeah, but he never fit that beeline system. No, and, and he just – he was an athletic basketball player. Yeah. And plain and simple. He wasn't going to, he was never going to drop 30 on you unless he had 15 layups. But yeah. But yeah. To me, my favorite player, not to say that he was the best player, but he was just my favorite player was Derek Walton Jr. I think the player I had the most respect for was Trey Burke because that kid was, he was special. He really well, he was. was. No, Trey Burke was special and he made you hate him too at the same time. But that's the thing. I didn't hate him. Derek Walton, I hated nah, because Trey. it was the grit and everything. Nah, Trey Burke, because you, Trey would just take your lunch and just smile at you and be like, what are you going to do? Where right. You gonna, hey, Keith, really? You're just going to dribble at the top of half court? Watch this. Oops. Stole it from you. Lay up. I was there. Ball game. Yep. Boom. Yep. I was Suck there. that, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, yeah, we, we, you know what? We may do this again later on this week. Um, I'm going to try to make that happen. For Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone. Thinking of buying a house and want a really low interest rate? Owning has a special for home purchases, where owning pays all your closing costs, and the rate in APR is an unheard of 1.875% for a 15-year fixed mortgage with 20% down. This is the craziest low rate for a mortgage with no closing costs that owning has ever done. 1.875% rate in APR. Heck, we're almost paying you to live in a new house. Call 8332-OWNING or go to owning.com to see if you qualify for this crazy low 1.875% rate. That's a fixed rate loan at 1.875% with no closing costs. Call 8332-OWNING now because 1.875 could go away at any time. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, subject to credit approval. Offer assumes the use of lender's choice as grow and title services. Call 8338580066 for terms and conditions. That's 8332owning or owning.com. 8332owning or owning.com. I'm John Meacham. Welcome to Fate of Fact, Season 1. This series is about how and why fact became a casualty of war in the United States. Please listen and follow Fate of Fact, a presentation of Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C13 original studio. Available now for free on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.